Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. How are you? I have had, I've had quite a week. Um, so I am sick. I'm really sick. Well, not now I'm not really sick, but I got really sick. I think last week when I recorded, I was like, wow, I have a little cold, but that little cold has turned into like full-blown cold with a capital C. I felt awful all week. So I was supposed to record this episode early in the week because I was going out of town for a wedding. That did not happen because I was sick. So my plan was I was coming back from the wedding Sunday at, I think I was getting back to Philly at like two. So I was just going to record the episode um, Sunday evening and put it out late. You know, things happen, um, except I'm not at the wedding, and it's not because I'm sick. I'm not at the wedding because, (laughs) oh my god, I can't believe this happened. I got to the airport. Well, my flight was delayed an hour. I guess there was technical issues on the plane, so the plane coming from New York was delayed an hour. No big deal. Saw it early, left for an airport an hour late. No biggie, right? We get in the air. There was supposed to be really bad uh, snow and ice in Kansas City starting on Friday night, but I was supposed to land at 4.15. That was my delayed landing time, 4.15. We are in the air. We take off when we're supposed to, like that one hour delay late. Nothing is going on. Everything's fine. I was watching Cheer on Netflix, which by the way, I'm fucking obsessed with. Everybody go watch it. I've always been Obsessed with cheerleading stuff. I did cheerleading for a little bit when I was a kid for like a short amount of time. I did cheer all-star cheerleading. Um, I quit because it was just like too... I wanted to play field hockey at school and we had field hockey practice. I feel like we had field hockey practice every day that we didn't have a game. Um, But an all-star cheerleading was like five... Not five days a week, but I think we had practice three days a week, like three weekdays a week and then weekends. So basically it was like I could either do all-star cheer all year round and that was the only thing I could do or I could play sports at school and I wanted to play sports at school. So, but I always loved cheer stuff. I, I've probably talked about this in the podcast I'm, or I was for a while like obsessed with <laughs> the YouTube series Cheerleaders, which is by Awesomeness TV. I highly suggest you all go watch it. It's a lot more cheerful one could say, than uh, the Netflix doc. The Netflix doc was definitely gritty. It was wonderful. Tears. Love the way it was shot. Lo- I It was just, it was so good. I love cheer. I love it so much. I thought the coach was really good, although I did see some um, criticism online that she didn't seem to care at all about the, the athlete's safety, which I think is true, but I think that person probably doesn't um, watch anything or know anything about cheerleading because nobody in cheerleading cares anything at all about safety. <laughs> and that's just a fact. <laughs> safety is not a concern in cheerleading. Um, so I felt that Monica, the coach, really 
you know, she really, like, fit in. Also, it seems like there are only two teams in their division, (laughs) which makes their continuous winning streak a little less impressive when you realize that. But... (laughs) It's still really good. Loved Cheer. Like, cannot recommend it enough. Oh, so I was, like, watching Cheer. I didn't even buy Wi-Fi because I was, like... I downloaded, I had three and a half episodes left, which the flight was like three and a half hours, so it was perfect. I downloaded the episodes. I was so thrilled watching them, loving them. And at one point, I kind of like got out my phone. I was, oh, by the way, like going to Kansas City from Philadelphia is an extremely expensive flight for basically no reason. So, so expensive. And you fly on a little commuter plane, you know, that only has two seats per row. Um, well, I guess four seats per row, per row instead of three. Like, you're on a teeny tiny little plane. You're, like, packed in, like, little sardines. Um, I was sitting next to a really nice girl. She was probably, like, five or six years younger than me, and I saw she had the book You. So, usually I don't talk to people on planes, but I was like, oh, I tried to read that. I listened to the audio, and I hated it. I had to return it. I found it so gruesome. And then we talked about audiobooks, and she's like, I just got an Audible account, but I don't know if I like it. And I explained that you can, like, return all books, and she, so that was good. Um, I looked at my, like, I pulled out my phone and, like, logged onto the AA American Airlines in-flight app, uh, not app, like, website, because I was, like, looking at Wi-Fi, but I probably wasn't going to buy it. And it said I, that we had 37 minutes until we landed, like, the flight tracker. And I was like, great put my phone away, and a minute later, I sort of got a minute later, uh, the pilot comes on and says that they are, there's really bad weather in Kansas City, and we can't land in Kansas City, so they are turning our flight back to Philadelphia, which will take another two hours. Mind you, we've been on the plane for like two hours and 45 minutes at this point, um, and we're going to land back in Philadelphia. (laughs) I, like, literally everyone was like, what? I have flown a lot in my life. Like, I I fly, I'm not, like, all the time flying, but I fly pretty regularly. I have never, ever had that happen. It was so crazy. I guess, I didn't, because I, I put my headphones back on at one point, um, but the girl next to me heard the flight attendant say that they were going to divert us to South Dakota, to Sioux Falls. I guess I could have went and saw Chelsea. But we wouldn't have been able to get on, like, the immediate plane leaving, so we would have been stuck there for, like, possibly a day or longer, and if the weather got bad there, we wouldn't have been able to get out, so they decided just to bring us back to Philly, which I actually, like, I'm glad about. I'd much prefer getting sent back to Philly than being diverted in South Dakota (laughs) and there in some shit hotel in South Dakota for God knows how long. I, like, literally was in shock. I bought Wi-Fi and texted Maria, whose wedding I was going to, and was like, you are not going to believe what just happened. Um, Oh, and as I said, they were supposed to be getting a snowstorm that was, like, supposed to be starting that evening. So there was, I knew there was no flights going out that night to Kansas City. Uh, The pilot was like, nothing is going to Kansas City tonight. Uh, We got off the plane. Once it landed back in Philadelphia, we were on the plane for six hours. (laughs) We got off the plane and, um, maybe not six hours, I think five and a half hours. We were on the plane for a while. I think we landed back at 6.30 and we had left at two, so four and a half hours. Okay, we were on the plane for a while. I don't know, but we were on the plane for a long time and we landed back in Philly. Uh, we went down to customer service 
and the line was so long. So I called, you know, American Airlines and they're like, the whole time is really long. You can wait for a call back. So I like, you know, put in my number so they could call me back, whatever. And I, at this point, had kind of decided that I was tapped out. I just could not, like, I love Maria so much. I wanted to go to this wedding, but I realistically was already only going to be in Kansas City for, like, 40 hours anyway. Like, not even two full days. I was getting in Friday evening, and I was leaving Sunday morning. Um, I was just going for this wedding, and I was then going to be missing, like, the Friday night dinner. And, um... I knew, and as I said, the weather was supposed to be getting worse. So I did not want to drive back home. I live like 40 minutes from the airport too, which is, by the way, really annoying. I hate living so far from the airport. But I was, I live like 40 minutes from the airport. So it was already like eight o'clock at this point. I knew I like did not have it in me to drive back and sleep and then get up. I looked at American only basically had one direct flight leaving. <laughs> Philadelphia the next day, which was at 6.30 in the morning. I, like, really did not want to try and get on a plane at 6.30 in the morning. And I knew the weather was going to be worse in Kansas City the next day and just have the flight canceled. It's, like, a whole thing. So, basically, like, I talked to Maria and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get there. And I just, uh, like, took a full refund from American. Um... Maybe I could have pressed for more and had them give me more, but I just wanted my money back. I was, like, so tapped out. I was so exhausted. I wasn't feeling well. I already wasn't feeling well and was, like, a little worried about how sick I was going to be when I got back from, like, pushing myself. Like, I was going to push myself through this, but I was like, God, I'm going to feel like shit after this. Um, I just, it just sucks. Like, I really wish I was there, but what can you do? You know what I mean? Like, truly, what can you do? So, yeah, that is it. And that's why you're going to get an episode on time. And also, because I'm sick and I'm not feeling well, I was going to do a throwback and Team Mom Young and Pregnant. But I think I'm just going to do Team Mom Young and Pregnant because, as I said, I I just do not feel well. I just want to talk about what aired this week. Um, And next week, I will put out a nice long episode. I have nothing going on next week. Next week is wide open. I still cannot believe that my flight turned around a fucking half hour from landing and brought me back in Philadelphia. So yeah, that's it. That's my exciting story. This has nothing to do with Team Mom. Anyway, what happened this week? Oh, um, Amber and Andrew are back in court. Amber alleges that Andrew's violating the court order by not allowing her to have Christmas visitation. And I guess baby James was bit by a dog, like nipped in the face and needed to have stitches. And Andrew wasn't forthright with that information, which if that did happen, that's definitely serious and he should have been. Uh, Also, Andrew posted a picture of James online, which he's not allowed to do. Now, here's my thing. I don't think Amber has any genuine desire to be a parent at all. I don't think she cares at all. I would wonder what the last time that Amber had any sort of significant time spent with Leah, especially one-on-one with Leah. I wonder if Amber knows any of Leah's friends, what her teacher's names are, what her favorite subject is. Like, I don't think that Amber spends any sort of real time parenting Leah, not even parenting Leah, seeing Leah. I probably spend 
close to the same amount of time with my nieces that live four hours away from me who aren't even my nieces. They're my best friend's kids. Um, you know, we're not even biologically related. Not that biologic, not that biology makes family, but like we're not even legally family, you know, (laughs) we have no familial ties. Um, I probably spend as much time and know as much about them as Amber knows about her own daughter who lives in the same city as her. But what Amber does have is money and Amber does have spite. And I think that Andrew is being a fucking idiot if he is not following the custody order. Like, he is being so, so, so stupid if he's not following the custody order. Because Amber has the money to keep him in court every single time that he's violating it. And a judge is not going to like that he's violating it. And a judge is not going to care that Amber, you know, is an abuser if Andrew is not... Uh, upholding the custody order, especially with something as stupid as posting pictures. Now, we know that he posted the picture. Like, that is not allowed. The rest of the stuff is alleged. Like, we don't know for sure that Amber definitely had a visitation on Christmas that Andrew skipped because she also alleged that she had visitation on Halloween that he skipped. If you'll remember, she went to court for that. And as far as we know, nothing happened with that. So it's possible that wasn't true, but he definitely violated the order by posting the picture. And he needs to stop doing that because he's just going to shoot himself in the foot. I don't have a lot of respect for people that don't um, uphold custody orders when they are pretty simple to uphold. I understand that, like... There, he's in a tough situation because Amber is not a safe person and she's not a good person, but he agreed to this custody order and he needs to stick to it. And he's the only one and James is the only one that's going to get hurt by him not sticking to it. And he's the one that's going to lose time with his son potentially. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, he needs to stop being an idiot. Um, I've seen like the tides really turn on Andrew online and I personally... I'm not there. I don't think I was ever somebody that thought Andrew was a particularly good person. So I don't feel like I need to go so hard against Andrew. Like on Reddit, it's been relentless with like Andrew is this evil, awful stalker, manipulator. And I feel like I've always been pretty clear that I thought Andrew's past was like very alarming. Um, And I thought that Andrew was probably not a good person, but I think that he's also a victim to Amber. Um, and that he is probably the best person for James to be with. And that, I I don't know, I just don't feel, Andrew doesn't, like, invoke a ton of emotion in me. So, like, when I see him doing this stuff, it's more just, like, stop being so stupid. He also posted this, like, long, long explanation about the dog bite that I posted on my Instagram, feathers underscore pod, that you can read. And he just, like, he tries so hard to sound smart and he sounds so stupid always. Like there's never been a case that somebody needs to delete their Instagram quite as much as Andrew. (laughs) Like he just needs to delete his Instagram and log the fuck off, which I believe I said like months ago when he was leaking all that stuff, it was so obvious that he was looking for validation from Instagram and like, he's never going to get that. He's never going to get that, and I think he gets drunk because I think he probably has a little drinking problem, and I think he gets drunk and posts stuff that he then regrets. I don't know. Maybe he... I don't know if he has a drinking problem. I think he... I don't know. 
I don't know. I feel bad for James, obviously. And I do believe that uh, Amber is a bad parent for James. And I believe that as of now that Andrew is the right person to have James. But I think he's just so stupid. He's so stupid. Like Amber's, you know, Amber's going to hang herself. Oh, that's not a good. Okay. Let me rephrase that. And you know, that phrase, like give her enough rope and she'll hang herself. Like I don't, that's not good to say about Amber, but Amber is a person that will like fuck up on her own. Like Amber doesn't need assistance to fuck up. And we've seen her do it time and time and time again. And Amber will, if you let Amber keep having her visits, eventually she's going to stop having them because she doesn't care to have them. And it's going to be too much work and she's not going to be able to get out of bed because she's not managing her mental health. And eventually she's going to start failing drug tests probably. And, you know, she's going to fuck up and she's going to take herself out of the picture. So Andrew needs to not be the one that feeds into it and makes it like easier for her. <sighs> what an idiot that Andrew is. Speaking of, Amber's uh, boyfriend, I guess his name is Dimitri, her Danish boyfriend. Is that what people from Denmark are? They're Danes, right? Hold on. I want to see what his name is. Oh, excuse me. He's Belgian. He's not Danish. So her new boyfriend, Dimitri Garcia, is uh, in America and has been in America because Amber, Amber, her home is a roach motel, you know? You can leave, you can come, but you can never leave. Isn't that what a roach motel is? <laughs> or a Hotel California, if you will. You can check out anytime you like, but you never leave. So Amber flew him to the United States a while ago. And as a surprise to no one, he has no return ticket. Apparently, he doesn't speak very much English, which I'm actually surprised about because I was under the impression that uh, people in Belgium speak quite fluent English. They actually speak three... I think in Belgium they speak, hold on, I'm going to look this up. Okay, I'm kind of stupid. I don't know. I thought that most people there spoke Dutch or Flemish, French and English, but I guess German is actually the third language. Those are the official languages. Uh, Dutch, which I believe is also called Flemish. I think Flemish and Dutch are the same thing. Um, French and German there. So, Never mind, but I think a lot of people in Belgium do speak English. People listening to me in Europe are like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, why are you speaking? And the answer is, I don't know why I'm speaking. <laughs> because I'm on a fuck ton of day quilt and I feel like my head is kind of sitting next to my body right now. <laughs> okay, so the point I was trying to make is that Dimitri apparently does not speak English well, so it's hard for the crew to communicate with him and he's filmed and Amber is really pissed because he's not getting paid. Uh, I guess he's just here on a tourist visa. I believe for most countries in Europe, you're allowed to just come to America for a, like you're able to enter without a visa or with those like not visas that you don't have to acquire. Like I can, I don't know, when I go to Israel, I don't have to get a visa and I can stay, I think for, a, I think you can stay for a year and your passport just gets stamped. Um, and I, I believe it's the same when you go to Europe. And you can just come here and so that's in just overstay, which is might be what he's doing. And they, she wants him to get paid and MTV is like, no, we can't pay him because we can't legally pay him because he's not allowed to legally be working. And Amber is pissed about it. Apparently, he also has young kids that he's left in Europe, <laughs> which is a surprise to no one. Um, Bubby, Sean, 
Amber's brother was tweeting, like, he's definitely not getting, she did not ask for him to be paid. I talked to everybody involved. And it's like, okay, did you, you called MTV? Second of all, like, why is that the thing you're focusing on? Like, why are you not focusing on the fact that Amber's already moved a new guy into her home? (laughs) Oh, God, let's just hope she's on birth control, you know? For her sake, for our sake, for everyone's sake, like, let's just hope she's on birth control. The last thing Amber needs is another baby. So, yeah, I, for one, am excited to see Amber with a boyfriend that doesn't speak English. I think that's great. I'm thrilled for it. Uh, What more, like, truly, what more could we ask for? What more could we ask for? I think that's all that's going on. Janelle and Herbie apparently have already ended things, which, like, surprise to no one. Should be a surprise to no one. And I think all else is quiet in Teen Mom world. So let's get on to this episode of Teen Mom Young and Pregnant right after a quick break. Okay, let's start with Kayla, who... I mean, I was kind of shocked by this. She was like, oh, I'm going to change Isaiah's name. Which, first of all, I fully support the fact that she gave him Seven's last name. In the first place is insane. Was that a storyline in season one? I don't don't remember that being a storyline. But obviously, she should have never given that baby his name. I, for one, think that almost none of these people should give uh, their babies the dad's last name. I don't, I don't think in every case that's true. Like, obviously, uh, if you're married, that's exempt from this conversation. Or if you're in, like, a long-term committed relationship with your partner and the two of you decide to have a baby and you just, like, he's an active partner and you know, I mean, I guess you can never really know, but you're making an educated guess <laughs> that he will be a responsible parent. Like, sure, sure, give that child uh, the dad's last name, but... I have a lot of, like, a a lot of the time, I feel like the girls on these shows and just these young moms with these dads that are clearly not going to be responsible fathers, like, giving the kid his last name doesn't make a ton of sense because they're the one that is going to be doing, you know, 99 to 100% of the child rearing and the child should have her last name. So when she said, like, well, I'm going to give the baby my last name, Isaiah, my last name, I was like, yeah, okay. I just was surprised at, um, how short of a storyline this was. (laughs) Usually on Teen Mom, as we all know, like when last name changes are involved, we have to hear about it for about four years before anything happens. So I was just surprised at like how quick this process was. Stefan, yo, Stefan is ugly. Like, can we... Can we have a talk about this? Is this look shaming? I don't know. Stefan is, like, really ugly. Like, when he was at lunch with his girlfriend at the end of this episode, and we really looked at him, I was like, fuck. He is so ugly. Like, what was Kayla doing? And she was fighting girls for him. Remember? Ay-yay-yay-yay-yay, <laughs> Kayla. Bad decisions were made by Kayla. Kayla's made a lot of bad decisions in her life. Primarily, giving Isaiah Stefan's last name. Well, actually, primarily having a baby with Stefan, but then giving that baby Stefan's last name. Um, Of course, Stefan has not reached out to her in 
like since they had their big blow up fight. And of course, no one is surprised. <laughs> you know, not a single person is surprised that Seven has not reached out to her. I just, he is probably one of the worst dads in this franchise, which I know. I know there's a lot of competition. He's competing with Adam. He's competing with David. He's competing with Nate. Um, You know, every other bad dad in the land, Ryan. But I really think that he is truly one of the worst. There's just something so aggressively awful about him. Um, I think in just like how poorly he speaks about Kayla his actions, the fact that he can't even pay the $40 a month or whatever he's ordered to pay. He's just really, really awful. So the day before the court hearing, oh, by the way, Stefan never gets served with the papers for the court hearing because Kayla doesn't have his address and he refused to give her his address because something regarding child support. She was like, well, if the court has his address, they can get child support from him. And I'm like, what? Does the court need his address to garnish his wages? I don't know. It wasn't clear to me, but it's also, I just can't imagine, like, not even knowing my child's father's address, but I guess at the same time, like, truly, why does she need it? Because it's not like her child is ever going to go to his house, but yeah, so Stefan doesn't even know about this uh, name change hearing, which... On one hand, it's, like, kind of crazy that they changed the baby's name without, you know, like, ever serving him or letting him know because his name is on the birth certificate. And according to Kayla, like, in the state of Illinois, the mother has full rights to a baby. Like, if the parents are unmarried, it's like that in a couple states. Um, Even if the child, if the father is on the child's birth certificate, I know it's like that in South Carolina. I remember this coming up. When on Southern Charm with Thomas and Catherine, and I believe the reason for these laws are actually kind of old fashioned and they're done to protect the father, weirdly enough. And basically, you know, back, back, back in the day, if an unwed mother had a child, basically, like it was totally her responsibility and a punishment for her. And it was all of her, you know, it was her legal responsibility to take care of the child, and the father had no legal obligation to take care of a child. Now, because we don't really think of parenting and having babies out of wedlock, which is such a silly phrase to say in 2020, but because we don't really think of parenting and child rearing that way anymore, it seems really outdated and unfair, but I believe that is why the laws are that way. And so in Illinois, the mother has full legal rights. An unmarried mother has full legal rights to the child, and the father has to set up custody or visitation to establish custody, which is not the case in most states. But I was a little surprised that they were able to change the baby's name without him being served, without him having any sort of notification about it. But I guess if they went in front of the judge and she was like, you know, she showed the judge texts where she asked what his address was and he refused to give the address. And she showed that she's called him this many times and he doesn't answer. And she shows that he has not paid child support, his court ordered child support in however long, then, you know, I guess I could see that a judge would rule in her favor. I have absolutely no issue with the ruling because, as I said, I think it's what should have been right you know, it's what she should have done from the beginning. It was the right decision by the judge. But I was just a little surprised 
at how easily she was able to do it without uh, Stefan being even notified of it. But the night before they're supposed to do it, she gets a text from Stefan asking if her and Luke will sit down with him and his girlfriend. And Luke is like, to talk about what? Of which, like, I'm totally on Luke's side. Like, to talk, like, for what? <laughs> like, who? why would they sit down? First of all, like, why does Luke need to sit down with Stefan at all? Like, Luke, yes, is Isaiah's, like, primary male figure in his life, but... Stefan really isn't involved, so why does he need to talk to Luke about anything? And more so, why does Stefan's girlfriend need to be involved in any conversations? I guess Kayla doesn't want the girlfriend around Isaiah, so maybe Stefan wants them to meet and then she'll let... I don't know. I don't know. But hearing that, like, if I was Kayla, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. And you guys know I'm all about blended families and kind of going out of your way to work with another parent if that is what's best for your child. But I just can't imagine if I was Kayla sitting down with Stefan and his girlfriend and my boyfriend and acting like we're, like, two co-parents, like, just really trying to figure out what's best for Isaiah. No. Stefan can go to fucking court. Like, if I was Kayla, I'd be like you can go to court. Like, I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to see you until then. Um, the last name change is approved. She sends stuff in a text that was basically, I thought it was a good text and her mom agreed. I thought her mom had a nice way of putting it. Like she was just putting it as a positive. And basically she was like, Hey, I got stuff or Isaiah's name changed because to make it easier for him and I, because when I have to bring extra paperwork to prove that he's my son because we don't have the same last name, which I don't know if that's true or not. Is that true that you have to do that? Um, I have no idea. But I agree. I thought it was a good text. And Stefan sent her a laughing emoji back (laughs) and said, okay. And Jamie goes, that's good. (laughs) And Kayla's like, no, that means he's pissed. I thought that was so funny where Jamie's like, Okay, well, that's a good thing he's laughing about it. (laughs) Uh, Then we see Cena, Stefan, and his girlfriend. His girlfriend looks very young, by the way. Going out, and he's like, that's my son. That's my son. This isn't right. And it's just like, ugh, get Stefan off my TV. I would actually be fine if we never saw Stefan again, to be honest. Okay, let's go to Rachel, who had quite an episode. Um, Rachel is a wealth of bad decisions. Rachel is one of the stupidest people we've ever seen on this show. Like, truly one of the stupidest people. And that's saying a lot because there have been some really stupid people to come on the Teen Mom franchise. But she really decided to bring her a game and say I want to be the stupidest person that's ever been on the team mom franchise and you know what like she's doing a really good job she's back with Jacob and Drew wants to hang out with her but she won't she's gonna stop hanging out with him because she really wants to be with Jacob um apparently Jacob and her argue a lot and fight so Stephanie's like not thrilled about it and Rachel's like well you know it's really hard because we don't know who Hazley's dad is and I'm like I love, like, she just will continuously say this, like, well, things are tough because we're not sure who Hazley's dad is. Like, there's no way for her to find out. <laughs> also, I saw a lot of people commenting that Hazley looks like Drew. 
in some recent pictures, but, like, I don't have a clear understanding in my head of what Drew looks like. I understand we saw him on this show. We saw him without that shirt on sitting in the back seat of the car. But I definitely, like, Drew and Jacob are one person to me. Are you guys having this issue, too? It's like on the, I watched a new episode of Vanderpump Rules, and the two new guys, Brett and Max, look exactly alike to me. And Drew and Jacob look exactly alike to me. Even though I bet if I, like, looked at a picture of them side by side right now, they would look completely different. I think Drew has, like, a bowl cut haircut, right? In my brain, like, I cannot recognize who is who of the two of them. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we also talk about Rachel's birth control. I'm surprised it took us this long to get here. But apparently right after she had Hazley, she went on the pill, which... She went off because she was not taking it at the same time every day. She would go days without taking it. Which, yeah, if, like, you're going to do that, the pill should not be your main method of birth control, probably. Not probably. Definitely. And she isn't sure, like, really what she wants to do about protection. Basically, she doesn't want to be on protection. Stephanie straight up asks her, like, did you use protection with Drew? And I think she said, yes, she did with Drew. But she doesn't every time with Jacob because condoms are expensive and she's a broke bitch. I believe that's what she said. Um, first of all, Rachel could take a little drive down to her local Planned Parenthood. Although they're in Tennessee, there might not be a local Planned Parenthood. Uh, okay. Rachel, there are ways to get condoms. Do you have Amazon Prime? You can probably bulk order a shit ton. I'm going to look up. I bet Rachel has Amazon Prime. Hold on. I'm going to look up. Yes, they have quite a few brands where you can get 40 condoms for $10, which I understand $10 is not nothing, but that's 40 times that you can have sex without having a baby. (sighs) Rachel just makes a lot of super, super poor decisions that are going to make her life more expensive and more hard, but she seems to have no impulse control. It's like crazy to watch her. Stephanie even asks if they're pulling out, and Rachel refuses to answer because she says that's personal, which means they're definitely not pulling out. Like, they're full on having fully 100% unprotected sex. Like, no natural family planning, no rhythm method. Rhythm method, that's what it is, right? The the pull-out method. Which, by the way, if you do the pull-out method correctly, it's decently reliable. Not perfect, but decently reliable. Um... It should not be your main form of birth control. But if you're not even pulling out, like, what are you even doing here? Uh, Stephanie says she should get an IUD and Rachel immediately shuts her down and says no. And Stephanie's like, well, Hazley's three months. And when you were three months, I got pregnant with Carter. And history repeats itself. Stephanie says that phrase twice in this episode. I think Stephanie's really, um, really going through it in this episode and really worried about Rachel. But here, like, whatever. If Rachel doesn't want to get an IUD, like, she doesn't have to get an IUD. Like, she gets to pick her own birth control, but she can get the arm implant. She can get the Nuva ring. Um, There are other, you know, there are forms of birth control that are not the pill and they're not the IUD, although she most likely probably should get an implant of some sort, whether that be the arm or the IUD, because I think she's shown us that she's one of the most irresponsible people we've ever seen on this show. (laughs) Um, Rachel talks to Jacob, and both of them decide that they want to have another kid. (laughs) 
Oh my god. She says, do you think I should get an IUD? And he says, no. He doesn't want her on birth control. I think what's going on is that they both know that baby Hazley is Drew's and they want Rachel to have one, like to have Jacob's baby because they think that's going to solidify their fairy tale relationship, which is, I mean, that's truly insane. It's so, the thinking behind that is so, so, so insane. And it's, it's so irresponsible. And the fact that she, I mean, (laughs) I think she'd be doing this regardless of if MTV was there or not. But the fact that she's like kind of getting rewarded for this behavior by being a reality TV star is crazy. Though I think Rachel's having a real tough time of it online. (laughs) I think that Rachel maybe would have done better on this show had she been on Teen Mom 2 in 2009 um, before social media was so, so bad. I think that poor Rachel is, oof, she's getting it. Um, I'm seeing lots of screenshots floating around of how dirty she is, how dirty her house is. There was something video that she posted of Hazley like opening a gift and there was a roach in it and of course fans tore her apart I didn't really watch the video because I don't like bugs and didn't want to see it um people tore her apart Rachel like went crazy defending herself then Stephanie jumped in defending her I think that it's going to be really really tough for Rachel um I thought that Kaya would get a lot of hate, just like the racism in general, and I'm a little surprised that it's been mostly Rachel. I feel like Kaya's really flown out of the radar. I don't think a lot of people have cared about Kaya. I just mean, like, out of the two new girls, and people have, like, really latched on to hating Rachel, and I mean, like, some of the things, like, fair fucking enough. Like, this girl just said she doesn't want to go on birth control, um even though she seemingly can't afford the baby that she has and lives in her mom's trailer. But she, like, I saw a post today on Reddit that was, like, a, a still of, like, her bed um, frame with, like, a stain on it, which I'm assuming is probably from her fucking hair dye. She probably, when she, like, is dyeing her hair, like, leans her head back on the board. And people are like, look at this dirty-ass stain on Rachel's bed. Like, <laughs> it's not even on the bed. It's on the bed frame. Like, they definitely get a lot, a lot of hate, and I think it's probably pretty hard for Rachel, because I see her fighting back a lot. I think, as we see, she has a temper and little impulse control, which does not make for somebody that's good at dealing with social media hate in general. Uh, The next day, Stephanie and Rachel talk, and Stephanie tells Rachel that she has a doctor's appointment to go talk about birth control, and I thought Stephanie said it very well. She said, you don't have to get the IUD, but you can just talk to her about what your options are. And Rachel obviously has decided after her talk with Jacob that she wants to have another baby with him and is not going on birth control, but doesn't quite know how to tell Stephanie this because she, I think, has to understand that it's a fucking crazy thing. Like, you know when you are doing something that you know is, like, really not the right thing to be doing? Maybe this is just me, but... When I'm doing something I, like, know is not the right thing to be doing, I just, like, don't talk about it. I don't say it out loud because I understand that what I'm doing is wrong. And I think that that's where she is, except she has to talk about it because she's on a reality TV show where the producers make her mom come in and talk to her about things. And she can't just be, like, they can't just, like, ignore it and pretend like it's not happening. So Rachel's like, I'm not going to that appointment. And Stephanie's like, why not? And Rachel says she wants to research it herself and not listen to someone she doesn't know. 
And Stephanie, I think, is like, obviously, she's not aware that Rachel and Jacob have decided that they want to have a baby. (laughs) Stephanie, obviously, is missing a key part of this information, which is why she is like, huh? This whole time. And Rachel's like, well, I want to research it myself, you know, not listen to this person I don't know. And Stephanie's like, I, but she delivered your baby. Like, she's your baby doctor. You know her. And Rachel's like, okay, but like, I know her. Sure. Okay. I know her. But like, she's not a professional about birth control. <laughs> Stephanie is like, what? <laughs> Stephanie. Stephanie killed me in this scene because she was like, she's the person who prescribes your birth control. She's a baby doctor. I thought this was one of the funniest moments that's ever happened on Teen Mom. Like, my mind was blown at this scene. And obviously, like, we as the audience know why Rachel is saying this. She's saying this not because she, like, doesn't think this doctor is educated or an expert about birth control. She's saying it because she just wants to get pregnant but doesn't want to tell Stephanie that. Which she does get pregnant and has a miscarriage, which we'll see on this season, I guess. And, but for her to be like, well, she's not a professional about birth control is such a funny and wild line. Like, that's feathers in my hair level of just ridiculousness. <laughs> Imagine saying the OBGYN is not a professional about birth control. <laughs> I wish Stephanie had pushed harder and asked who she thought was a professional on birth control. <laughs> So funny. So our last scene is Stephanie taking Hazley and going out to dinner with her boyfriend. His name is Mike. I feel like, I don't think we've, have we seen Mike before? Like, he doesn't look familiar to me at all. Have I just, like, never noticed him? I don't know. But uh, Stephanie is like, well, you know, she's back with Jacob And Mike thinks Jacob is worthless and lazy. And I will say, I feel like Jacob is not good on camera in a way that, like, how do I phrase this right? I don't think a lot of the, by good on camera, I don't mean, like, oh, he's fine. He just, like, doesn't show us his personality on camera. And he's, like, kind of awkward on camera. You know how people will say that about people? But I think that he's not good on camera and that, like, he completely shuts down when the camera's around, so we can't see the bad side of him either. Because we hear so much about Jacob and fighting and the yelling and that he's worthless and that he's lazy. And I don't feel like we're getting any of that. Like, to me, Jacob is nothing. He's just a brick that's there. Like, he really adds nothing. He's a how I would describe, and I used to describe people this way, but I try not to anymore because it's quite mean. Um, a party filler, like somebody that is so inoffensive, but they don't, they don't add anything, but they also don't take away anything. So you just invite them because like you need extra people at your party. Like Jacob is a straight up party filler to me. So to hear like them trash Jacob, I was like, is he bad? And I mean, I like, I'm guessing he is because we spent this whole episode talking about how much he fought. And then in that that episode where Drew came over and they were acting like Jacob was so controlling and awful. I was like, I guess we're missing something. And I would like Jacob to be good on camera and that I would like to see like this bad Jacob appear on camera. Like somebody who's good, good on camera. I would say the perfect example, even though I just said I hated him so much, is Stefan. Like (laughs) 
Stefan is good on camera. And by that, I mean he, like, talks so much shit on Kayla. He, like, gets in. Remember when I, like, really thought he was going to hit Jamie when they're fighting? Stefan ain't no bitch. Like, Stefan is good on camera. And Adam is good on camera. Ryan is, like, meh, just okay on camera. Like, Nate is good on camera. That's what I mean. Like, somebody who will show their worst side so we as an audience, like, bite into it and hate it and, like, really feel something about it. But I feel absolutely nothing about Jacob. So when they're shit-talking Jacob, I'm like, I guess. I guess this is how we feel. Like, I guess I trust Stephanie. I guess. But, I mean, I, I don't trust Stephanie. But, like, maybe I do. I don't know. That's my issue with Jacob. Um, Stephanie starts crying because Mike basically, Mike, her boyfriend, is like, well, you're enabling Jacob because you let him come over and you let him do, you know, you let them do whatever they want. And, which was a good point. And Stephanie is like, I understand that and I don't want her to be with Jacob, but I can't have her leaving this house and taking this baby away because I have to see this baby grow up because I didn't get to see my kids grow up because I chose their dad over them. And I thought this was, like, an interesting peek into Stephanie's psyche that she's clearly... By the way, where's Emerson been? Have we seen Emerson in the last two episodes? Where the fuck is that baby? We didn't see Emerson at all this episode. Did Ma- Is this when Mallory, like, got her shit together? Are they not going to address that? We need to know. Sorry, I'm off... I, I digress. Um, Stephanie is clearly, like, doing a redo. I imagine Stephanie is youngish. If Mallory's... 20 maybe because Rachel is like 16 or 17 so I'm guessing Mallory's probably like 1920-ish. Stephanie is probably you know could easily only be 40 um, if she waited that long to have her first. Like I would guess Mallory is or excuse me Stephanie is in her late 30s to early 40s. She's still quite young um, at the age where some women are just having their first child. She is sober now. She probably feels like she's getting a redo in her life and wants Emerson and also Hazley to be her redos. And I don't think that that is great. (laughs) You know, I don't think that as a grandparent, you should ever be trying to redo how you fucked up your kids with the next generation. I do think in some ways it's good because it seems likely that these babies need her. So it's good that she's in a position that she can help. Um, But she should not sacrifice still parenting Rachel, who still needs it, and being a parent figure and not Rachel's best friend, as Mike says, and she admits so much. uh, She's kind of sacrificing that in order to be able to, like, help raise Hazley and see her grow up because she knows that Rachel will pick Jacob over what's best for Hazley. Uh, as she says, she's like, Kisher repeats itself, Kisher repeats itself. And I don't think that that's really the healthiest thing. I think that it's probably good for Hazley because Hazley definitely needs Stephanie because Rachel can't do it all on, all on her own. We know that. But I definitely think that like, it's setting up a really bad dynamic. Uh, I also want to address the history of pizza itself line that Stephanie has mentioned twice in this episode. And like, in my personal opinion, it's not that history repeats itself. It's that trauma is cyclical and that unhealed trauma will constantly repeat itself. And, you know, <laughs> much like our dear Leah talks about breaking uh, generational trauma cycles or whatever 
shit she's spewing that I'm not sure she knows how to define, but is correct that it's not that history repeats itself. It's that if a family has generational trauma that's never corrected, then the same shit's going to keep happening over and over again because it's just trauma responses, you know? And if Rachel, like, has an unhealthy relationship as a result of how she grew up, like, then, yeah, the history is going to repeat itself. But history doesn't have to repeat itself, you know? History doesn't have to repeat itself. Like, people can get better. And I think it's sad that Stephanie, um, I don't think Stephanie seems to understand that. I think she thinks this is all, like, destined to be bad, but they could all work better, work together to get better. But I don't, I think they've probably kind of maxed out on getting better, which is Stephanie getting sober and, like, physically and financially being there for her kids, which is great, and I respect that. But I think that there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of issues that they're just not dealing with, and maybe... You know, maybe uh, Emerson and Hazley's generation can fix it, and we can hope for that. Mm, I feel a little bad for Stephanie. She's hard to watch sometimes. It's not that I feel bad for her, because a lot of this is a mess of her own making, but I feel like Stephanie is genuinely trying to do the best that she can, and it's, like, truly not good enough, which is tough to watch. That's sad for anybody. Okay, let's talk about Ashley. So, Ashley's seen this guy named Antonio, but he's a rapper and his name is, she calls him Brizo, but I believe his full name is Sixo Brizo. Um, when this was all happening, it was getting a lot of play on like the shade room in Lipstick Alley, but I haven't done a deep dive into what exactly happened. So I think we're going to try and do that this week. Maybe not this week. I also am recording my Duggars podcast this week, by the way, guys, I believe. Um, I'm deep into the book Growing Up Duggars, which was written by the four four oldest girls. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Basically, this whole premise of this episode is that she likes this guy, but she doesn't want it to be serious. And I think that's fair enough. Uh, And Barr finds out and flips out. I did think it was interesting that they're not really telling us that he is famous and that when she's like, well, I posted it and it got delete, I deleted it. But, you know, people saw it. It was screenshotted. It means like screenshotted to the shade room. <laughs> you know, like uh, I do think that Ashley, more than any of the other girls on this show, kind of poses a fourth wall issue because Ashley is really trying to be famous. And I don't mean that in like a shady way. I mean that in like good for her way. Maybe that would have made it so she fit on Team Mom 2 better so they could have talked about it. Huh, huh, huh. Okay. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I know last week I said that Jade, or two weeks ago, that Jade was the right one to be on Team Mom 2, but now I'm reevaluating everything. <laughs> anyway, I do think that Ashley is the one that, like, you know, she's, like, flying to L.A. for business. And we're like, uh, what? <laughs> like, Ashley works in an office and goes to, like, med tech school. So what business does she have in LA? But the business is going to like a pretty little thing party or Fashion Nova party. Um, She's hanging out with this guy that like people care that she's hanging out with him, not just bar and that it's going to be written about like on gossip sites. Like that to me is interesting and important and it all should be included. But young and pregnant doesn't break the fourth wall. So I'm not really sure how they're going to address all of this stuff, especially because I believe uh, Brizo ends up, like, playing her, and she found out online, I think. It just, I think there are going to be some fourth wall issues. 
when it comes to Ashley and Brizo this season, and I'll be interested to see how that works. Um, Barr is obviously heated over this and calls her and says that uh, he wants a DNA test for Holly and that she wished that Ashley got an abortion. <sighs> okay, it's one thing to ask for a DNA test, which is fucked up, especially because Holly is like almost two years old at this point and Barr has been her daddy for two years. So to ask for a DNA test is like wild. But to say that Ashley should have gotten an abortion is such a shitty thing for him to say. As her friend points out, like, that doesn't even have anything to do with you. Like, that's just about your kid, which is very true. You know, it's really sad to see that Barr is only going to be a dad if he's with Ashley. That's sad. It's also sad to me that Ashley now seems to be back with Barr, even though she's doing that thing online where we're not together, we're not together, but they're clearly together. Oh, God, I just, like, that to me is, like, that's so, so shitty. I think that that's going to get uh, swept over because we didn't hear him say it or see in a text. Like, like n- everybody's still constantly is like, oh, my God, do you remember when Adam asked where he had signed the rights over for that mistake? And it's seen as, like, the worst moment in Team Mom history when I think Barr saying that you should have gotten an abortion is, like, even worse than that. But I don't think that it's going to play as much because we don't see... Uh, like the exact, you know what I mean? Like we saw a screenshot of that text on Chelsea's sidekick and we didn't see that with Barr. We just have Ashley like relaying it to us. Um, So I don't think it's going to have the impact, but it's just such a shitty thing to say. Also, I wanted to point out that Brizo at one point asks if he's like asking if Barr saw the picture of them together. And he said that the guy whose name rhymes with where you get this from sees it, seen it. And by this, he means, like, a drink. So he was asking, like, he was trying to say, did Barr see this? But he he said, like, the guy whose name rhymes with (laughs) a bar. So did the guy whose name rhymed, whose name rhymes with bar see this? Like, his name is bar. It doesn't rhymes with bar. (laughs) Silly, silly, silly. Okay, Bree. Um, I still feel that Brie should be off this show. I know I called for that two weeks ago, and maybe I talked about it last week. I don't remember anything I talked about last week on that Q&A, but I do remember talking about about it two weeks ago, and I definitely still feel like Ashley should be off this show. Um, I was happy to hear that she got insurance. It's like it's going to pay for the bill that she had at the hospital, Um you can really feel when Brie is, like, doing well and when she's not doing well. Like, her depression radiates off the screen, and in this episode, she seemed to be up a lot more, and she was a lot easier to stomach. Uh, Jessica is encouraging her to get on dating apps, but Brie isn't ready. I thought it was interesting that Brie kept saying over and over again that she wanted friends, and then anytime they talked about her actually making them, it was only in the context of her dating guys. (laughs) It's like, okay, but why don't you make friends? (laughs) girlfriends, guy friends, whatever, like, make some friends, not just try and get into another relationship in which you're isolated and, like, all your other ones. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, also, like, Brie, I think, works in restaurants, so I'm surprised that she doesn't have more friends because when you work in restaurants, usually you have a ton of friends because everybody's, like, around the same age. Maybe because she can't go out with them drinking because she's underage and she has the brace in at home, but... Jessica apparently has lots of friends. She loves to go out. Brie is, like, jealous of her. (laughs) And she's not really ready to get into a relationship. Uh, It's the first time in, like, her entire life that she's been single. And 
she wants to, like, meet some guys, but Jessica's like, well, why don't you just, like, go out on some dates? Like, you don't have to be dating. Like, you can just go out, you know, you don't have to be in a relationship. And Bree's like, well, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to date just to date. I don't know. I thought it was weird. Bree kept saying she wanted to have friends and Jessica and everybody else kept talking about her, like, going on dates. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, Bree also goes back to her therapist, which is good. I was glad to hear that. Okay, let's wrap this up. Let's bring it on home so that I can pass out for the rest of the day because I do not feel very well. Do you like it when I sing? Um, Kaya. So, she hasn't seen Carla, who is Xavion's mom, in a long time. And Tiffany, her mom, really wants her to work things out. Now, here's my thing. I definitely 100% feel for Kaya in this scenario. I think, I'm pretty sure I've said this in an episode before, that if, like, Kaya went, you know, on Reddit and was like, should I cut this person out of my life? Everyone would be like, go no contact with them. Go no contact with them. And I think that if Kaya was an adult, she could easily go no contact with this woman. Not easily, but I think it would be a lot easier for her to go no contact with this woman. But I think because she is a child in a child situation um, that it's really hard for her to, like, not listen to what her mom wants. But I don't understand why Kaya really needs to be involved in this. And if Tiffany, if Kaya, like, does want Carla in the picture, why can't, like, Tiffany just take the baby out to lunch with Carla? You know what I mean? Like, she trusts, Tif- Kaya trusts Tiffany and they can just have a lunch together And that way Carla can see him more, but she doesn't have to, like, be involved. Kaya doesn't have to be involved with Carla herself. Like, I guess the issue is, is that Kaya doesn't want, doesn't want Carla involved with him more unless she says it's okay. But it just seems like if your end goal is to make it so that Carla can be around the baby, why not just, like, circumvent all this bullshit, like, going to a fucking therapist together, who they keep calling a mediator, Which I thought, like, the whole time I'm like, what do they mean by mediator? (laughs) Like, I understood they probably meant therapist, but I was like, why aren't they just saying therapist? But, like, why go through all of that when you can just, like, have Tiffany meet up with Carla? Because the two of them get on good enough. So, they go and see a mediator who is billed on the Chiron as a psychotherapist. Um, And Carla and Kaya are, like, sitting in this room. And basically everybody keeps saying, like, why don't you just leave the past in the past? Why don't you leave the past in the past? And, like, just move on how you could be okay with seeing her. And Kaya, who I think rightfully is saying, like, I can't leave the past in the past is the issue. Like, I, I can't do it. I still feel like I need to understand why this all happened and then maybe we can move past it. I totally get where she's coming from, but I also think that she's not ever going to get an answer that she wants. And they have a totally unproductive therapy session. I, this was, I just think this was a bad idea. I just don't think that Kaya and Carla are ever going to get along. And I think that Kaya either needs to decide if Carla can be in the baby's life or not. And if she decides yes, then just have her mom, have her mom be the in-between, you know? Like, Kaya never has to see Carla again if she doesn't want to. Uh, we did find out that Carla, or Kaya, I guess, is older than Xavion, so I'm wondering how old Xavion is and exactly how old, uh, Kaya is. 
and Carla really liked Kaya, but then when they found out, when she found out they were pregnant, uh, Carla felt really betrayed that they were, like, that Kaya got pregnant after having sex in her house. Basically, like, blamed it all on Kaya because Kaya was the older one. And Kaya's like, except I wasn't the only one that did it. Um, Carla starts to get really heated. Carla is an actress. Like, I... (sighs) That woman was on. Like, she was on. Like, capital O, on. Like, she, the cameras were there, and she was ready for the applause. Like, I don't know. I wonder if she's like that all the time. She seemed very unstable, but in a way that Red is kind of fake to me, to be honest. Uh, Kaya just really wants Carla to take some accountability, and it doesn't seem like Carla understands that. I think all Kaya really genuinely wants It's for Carla to just, like, fall on her knees and apologize, and she's not going to do that. Uh, Tiesa did say earlier in the episode that Kai's body language was really tough, and I agreed with that, (laughs) because she had some really tough body language in this. And Carla is crying and making a whole scene, and Kaya's like, okay, I need to leave. She's like, I need to take a moment. And Carla's like, her attitude, her attitude will always be like this. And Carla's just not right. And, like, I understand completely why Kaya does not want to be involved with her. Because she is just not right. I don't know if she's on drugs. I don't know if she's just this way and just crazy. But how she goes from zero to a thousand so quick is very scary to me. I don't know if we're going to go back to that mediation scene. Like I said, I really think that Kaya should just wash her hands ever seeing Carla. And if she is okay with the baby meeting Carla, then it should just be through Tiffany and Kaya doesn't need anything else to do with it. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. Thanks for, I know it's a little bit of a short episode. It's just, we're just at an hour. I usually like to do an hour 15 or longer, (sighs) but it's been a crazy week. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.